For most men, there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight. Most fall over the first hurdle, trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up. That's why Manshake was created, the simple and effective way to lose weight. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. It's Monday the 7th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Dan McHugh here. I'm joined by Shad Wicker. How are you, mate? I'm okay, Dan McHugh. I'm, I'm actually a little bit shook this morning. Oh, it's shook. Um, I'm a bit oh. shook this morning because over the weekend, some wild things happened in results in sport oh. from the FIFA Women's World Cup to the AFL to the NRL. Upsets galore, and I'm here for it. Go the Blues. All right, today on the show we'll be talking about about all that. Women's World Cup, netball, boxing, AFL, NRL, and more. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home, and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with Cellade, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a Cellade. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your Cellade at cellade.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Uh, having a look at the Women's World Cup, Shad, Sweden versus USA. Oh, my God. Man, this was crazy. I was like watching. Uh, I was actually pretty annoyed at myself. I'm not going to lie. And I'm sure this has happened to many people. And some are probably going to go, yeah, play it again, mate. But Sweden were paying $3.30 uh, just before kickoff against the United States. And I had it on my app. I had 100 bucks to jump on it because I just really felt good about the Swedes. Yeah. And I completely spaced out and forgot to put it on and the game started. Oh, but I, I think, felt the sting just but there. But I have a feeling that it would have only counted if it was in full time, so maybe I dodged a bullet. But if you don't know, the United States are chasing a historic three-peat uh, in the FIFA Women's World Cup. And, you know, it, it was not looking like it was on the cards, to be honest. They looked beatable. They didn't no, finish top of their pool. Did. And they mm. looked shocking again. 11 shots uh, and they say they're on target, but I saw during the match that a lot of these shots were actually off target. They had a majority of the possession, 58%. They were looking like they could try and get there eventually, but unfortunately it was heartache. Extra time wasn't enough. It went to penalties, and then it was the veteran in their last World Cup shooting it straight over the top in the penalties, which is a heartbreaking moment for the U.S., uh, but they are out, out of the FIFA Women's World Cup and the Swedes continue their run. Uh, it was also another amazing results over the weekend um, as well in the Women's World Cup. Japan continue their tear. They were the last team to win before the US. So um, the US have been dominating for over a decade. This, well, Japan are looking good. They're looking great. Uh, Spain's looking yeah. pretty good as well. 5-1 over Switzerland despite one of the funniest own goals you'll see. A 45-metre pass back that missed the goalkeeper and went in. Um, or oh, was that the Spaniards? They had a hard start, though, Spain. Yeah, so it was, a, you know, it, was a, it was a tough one for them there. But then tonight is what we're all keen to see. Two matches that are pretty influential in Australia. Nigeria play England today, 5.30pm. I believe that's at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, and then Australia playing Denmark, which will all be glued to our tellies 
to see if the Matildas can win this one. Sam Kerr still the injury cloud. What's happening? There's choppers flying over training camp, mm-hmm. trying to find out whether she's going to play. We've got spy I drones. Mean, yeah, it's yeah. amazing what's happening. Uh, but uh, we'll have to wait and play. see. I don't think she's going to play. You don't play. think she's going to play? Nah, the whole, maybe if they make it to... You know, the the grand final, she'll be on for five minutes. I think she's on the bench tonight again, and I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the bench, she's not on the field, though, is it? Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling, and by the time you're listening to this, yeah, maybe the decision's been made, but I feel like she'll be on the bench and she'll be a late inclusion seeing how we go against Denmark. Denmark's not an easy beat. They're a good side. They're a good side. So uh, it's going to be yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how we hold up tonight uh, with the Aussies in the FIFA World Cup. All right. Well, speaking of World Cups, let's look at the Netball World Cup, the real World Cup, mm. Chad. Yep. Australia beat Jamaica. Yeah, that's good too because that was uh, it looked like it was going to be a dangerous situation for us after we got beat uh, previously having to go into this side of the draw. The Jamaicans are one of the best uh, along with us and it was a tight one too, 57-54. But we move on. The Diamonds, we move on. Jamaica, we have a netball team. <laughs> They're one of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, let's have a look at basketball. Another the World Boomers, Cup. It's World Cup City. And, yeah, it sure is. The Boomers have made their first cuts to their 18-man squad ahead of the FIBA World Cup. Yeah, FIBA World Cup is going to be coming and we would be really confident going into this one, I think. I think we have a pretty good side, uh, which isn't too bad. Um, our players are staying in Cairns at the moment. They've uh, put the squad down to, I think, 15, I believe it is, for camp in uh, Cairns at the moment. Look, it's always the tough part, isn't it? But I, what I love about looking at the extended squad for the Boomers is how many players have NBA next to their name. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was actually thinking is <laughs> Australia do, do have a pretty good side, but it seems like the whole world kind of has a pretty good side now. International <laughs> basketball is booming. The European sides sure are... Sure is. In the US, have, have kind even of Asians, come to terms with the, it. Even China have a good basketball team. Mate, it's, it's a lot going on. I mean, in ours at the moment, Xavier Cooks plays for the Wizards, Dyson Daniels for the Pelicans... Dante Exum, he's now with the Mavericks. Remember that signing? Obviously, Giddy's in the side with the Thunder, who's playing amazing. Mm. Green's with the Mavericks. Ingles, Ingles with the uh, Magic, you know. Landau from the Houston Rockets. Uh, you've got, who else we got here? Atlanta Hawks, Patty Mills. Is he actually, is he is he landed on the Hawks? Well, I. Is, it, is that we'll the last landing there? See, won't we? I mean, come on. Yeah, I've been Googling it every single why day. Have you got to, why have you got to bring that up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's a new documentary about. Uh, Former Chicago Bulls centre Luke Longley coming out. This is funny because when The Last Dance came out, Luke Longley was kind of outsp- like not outspoken, but people tried to reach out to him when The Last Dance came out. Obviously, Longley was the centre of the Bulls side that got the second three-peat, um, and he didn't get any real airtime at all because it was kind of been noted in history that him and Jordan, you know, didn't really get along. Uh, and it's fascinating because the NBA is behind this, putting out yeah, a wow. small docuseries to highlight Luke Longley's uh, run with the Chicago Bulls. A bit of a highlight on the centre, a position that's kind of starting to disappear in the uh, modern NBA, uh, which is a bit of a shame. And speaking of, you know, people that are probably, yeah, he's listed as a centre, but also probably power forward as well. Anthony Davis has just signed a massive extension with the Lakers as well that makes him, in terms of year on year, one of the biggest contracts in the history of the NBA. Yeah, how much was it? Two hundred and eighty-three million Australian is the extension. In the final year, he'll earn a hundred million dollars. Four-year contract that includes 
the extension. So it's a three-year extension, oh. you know what I mean? That kind of he's had a contract in his favor, blah blah blah. It's all funny money in the NBA, but essentially it's listed as a hundred million dollars in the final year of his contract. When which, you say it's all funny money, what does that mean? Do they actually end up getting paid? Like, well, do they end up minted? Or? Well, yeah, they, they do end up minted, but it's like you, people always wonder, well, how can all these teams pay all this money? The NBA's salary cap is so bogus, you know what I mean? It's like you can pay you can pay, like, fines when you go over. It's called a luxury tax, blah, blah, oh, blah, blah, right. blah. Yeah, yeah, so, so you know, they're like the cricket body and they fine everyone out of their pay. Got kind it. Kind of, yeah. Like, they fine teams that, like, like for example, the the um, Golden State Warriors have been technically over the cap for ages. But yeah. they pay, like, tens of millions of dollars in luxury tax, which is what you have to pay if you decide to go over the cap by a certain amount it's kind of convoluted and even I don't quite understand it but anyway Anthony Davis is a, is a rich man even though he was already <laughs> yeah 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 now he's an extra rich man alright let's take man. a quick break uh, we'll talk rugby AFL NRL just after this for most men there comes a point he has to man up and lose some weight most fall over the first hurdle trying some extreme diet or fitness regime that's simply too hard or unrealistic to keep up That's why Manshake was created. Packed with protein and low in sugar, it's sure to keep you full throughout the day, not to mention it's only $2.49 a meal. Over half a million Aussie guys have lost weight the Manshake way. So join us at themanshake.com.au and get started today. The Wallabies were looking a little bit better on the weekend, Shad. Yeah, this was interesting. It was almost going to take away their moniker of the Wobblies. Uh, it was 20-all until the dying moments, uh, until New Zealand yeah. managed to scrap it back. Would have been yeah. our first win in New Zealand in God knows how long, in ter- well, in Dunedin. Like but 20 years or something, yeah. Crazy uh, record that was going to get broken there. I, It was good. The Wallabies played pretty good. Yeah, the the, the youth move by Eddie Jones, I'll give credit where credit's due, looked good. I don't understand... The change when we brought Quaid back on, he did kick an amazing penalty that that got us back in in the match, which just dropped over the crossbar. But as soon as the first string hard, well, the, the senior players of the All Blacks came back onto the field through late subs, then it kind of became clear of who was, you know, the had the good, team, yeah. yeah. But yeah. but but like we we could have won this. I think there's I think there's definitely. There's definitely good things to look into. 40, 50 minutes again was pretty good in the squad. It does seem like we've found some youth and and some new players in there. I'm, I'm pretty sceptical of the Wallabies, but I'd say that performance probably made me feel less after all the others made me feel worse when even the most staunch Wallabies fan was struggling to kind of get some positives out of it. I think this loss to New Zealand does seem a bit better, but we're sick of seeing L's, mate. Sick of seeing L's, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Let's talk about wins, but Let's talk about wins. AFL Carlton, the Blues beat St Kilda. Mate, the streak continues. We're looking at September Blues. We're looking at September Blues. What? Is that six in a row? Is it six in a row? Uh, oh, I'd have to double-check that, actually. It would be Carlton's streak is now. Let me just count this. All right, let's see here. One, two, carry the two, three, four, five, six... 
It's seven in a row. Seven in a row. Hell Wowie. yeah. Melbourne Gold Coast GWS left. Carlton are looking good. Fifth on the ladder. Nowhere near a top four berth, let's be real. Port Adelaide sitting in fourth on 56. Carlton's on 46. But there's a gap, which is great. Uh, the other one I want to talk about, though, was Hawthorne getting a win over Collingwood. That is one of the craziest uh, upsets yeah. of the season. So Top what, of what's the table, all that about? Back-to-back losses to Collingwood. I mean, you wouldn't they hit... Got, pa- they must have mass injuries or something. Is that, is that... No, they weren't that bad. They just, like, they just got fucking swamped. Like, it was just Hawthorne just looked really good. And, uh, was, yeah. So it was an attitude problem. I think there was also some hits and some interesting calls that went away. But at the same time, you don't get beat by 30-odd points. You know what I mean? And, Not uh, by Hawthorne Hawks, you don't. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, a, I mean, it doesn't, they've got such a good buffer at the top of the table. I don't think it's too worrying, but it's kind of nah. form-wise, it's a little bit of concern when Hawthorne is third last. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so not, a, not at this stage in the season, too. Mm. Anyway, I mean, um, Shane's not here. Saying, Shane's not here because I don't know what he's doing. He's got his feet up somewhere, probably having a nine thirty a.m. bloody, you know, lone time. I believe he's but, at Tommy's regional carnival. Oh, is he? Wow, yeah. hey, okay. What's he doing? Running the water for the regional carnival? Okay, that's good. He, uh, his Swanee's got up over GWS, which. He would be happy with keeps him in touch with a possible the Sydney Derby. The Sydney but, Derby, uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. All right, let's look at NRL. The Cronulla Sharks mm. beat South Sydney Rabbitohs. Well, this is the biggest confusion of the weekend of sport. I feel the first top eight side for the Sharkies to beat, but the question now remains: Is are South the top eight side? I really thought it was going to be you know a lining of the planets here, Latrell back. They were going to steamroll a Sharks team that was on free fall, but they were down 26-0 with like 10 to go or 15 to go or something. Rabbitohs looked awful. And like, and the Sharks looked great. They, had, they actually had good defence, which was a rarity over the last few weeks with the Sharks. I still don't, I'm still not buying stock in the Sharks. I'm still selling. I, I don't yeah. think... Yeah. I don't think that they're a good football side. But the biggest part of this makes me concerned about the Rabbitohs because if you look at the ladder after that loss, the Rabbitohs needed that win especially with the Knights winning. Cowboys shot themselves in the foot, losing the derby with the Broncos, and now sitting in 10th on 26. Eels on 9th on 26 after a win, which also wasn't that convincing. Rabbitohs lose are now on 26 in 8th position. The Knights, the mighty Knights winning five in a row. How long has it been since that happened? Are sitting in 7th on 27 points, and the Sharks are on 28. This battle from 6 down with only a few games left is... Dramatic because if you look at the yeah, Rabbitohs, six, six till twelve, really. You well, you look at the Rabbitohs run home three games left. They play the Dragons, the Knights, and the Roosters. That game against the Knights is going to be huge. They have to beat the Dragons, but that game against the Knights could potentially be whether either of those teams stay in the top eight, depending on other results. And the Roosters at the end, the big rivalry, who seem to have found their mojo a little bit uh, in recent weeks in terms of being able to score points. Um, the Roosters could ruin South's season in the last game of the year and knock them out of the eight because the other teams that are trying to get in, the Cowboys have a pretty tough run home with the Sharks next, the Dolphins and the Panthers. Like, they could drop out of the eight when they were on a tear and then losing back-to-back games. Whereas the Knights, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Dragons. Very interesting. Bulldogs, Rabbitohs, Sharks, Dragons. Like, 
this it's dramatic at the bottom end there. The most important thing, though, is that the Waz are sitting pretty on 32 points thanks to the Panthers beating the Storm. Top four Waz is still on the cards, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> and you predicted it before the season. We're keen. I'm keen for this. So to... hold on a second. What, what do you remember? Any of your other predictions off the oh, top of your head? Yeah, I, re- I predicted that the Dolphins would make the top eight, which is not going to uh, happen. Nah. Um, I predicted the Dragons for the wooden spoon, which I think the Pretty Tigers have, have ruined that one. Yeah. Um, and then I think that was it. Uh, an interesting prediction that was made at the beginning of the year by a friend of mine and friend of the show, Sam Thiday, was that the Dally M would be won by someone. Uh, not wearing a six, seven, or one, and I think he might be right because Payne Haas, when I went behind closed doors, he was at the top, and I saw a crazy stat, and I think it was still, I think it's still uh, active after the Cowboys game. Payne Haas has not missed a cat tackle since round seven or something. All oh, right, <laughs> like something crazy like that in terms of him on the field, and he's been a absolute workhorse. Wow, but uh, yeah. I um, oh, but the wires being in the top four. I mean, dare to dream. Should I dare to dream of this actually happening? I will. Yeah, I think you should. I think they look good. Mm. I, I think it would benefit the NRL if they won. Huge. But anyway, yeah, home final in New Zealand. That'd be awesome. Um, uh, I don't. I think I, I in our rundown, I've put St George twenty six to twenty loss to the Eels just because Shane is a uh, St George fan, but he's not here. So let's talk boxing. <laughs> All right, Jake Paul. Jake yeah, yeah. Paul. He, he's, so you, you saw he he apparently won his boxing match against Nate Diaz, mm-hmm. uh, and now apparently they're gonna do an MMA fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when they discussed it in the ring, it was like they were mates just after punching each other up. So I kind of feel like is this really a fight or is this just a way for them to pocket some change? Well, there's always respect, you know, after a fight, mate. You know what I mean? But I also mm, think it's hard to there? be it's hard to be mad at a guy that's made you one of your biggest paychecks. Yeah. In recent memory for just, you know, basically stuffing around. I've like Diaz had like, you know, he landed just more punches, but but like they uh well actually no, well percentage-wise, but it, it was not I watched a bit of it. I don't think it was that good. Um, and I don't know. I, I Diaz wasn't really taking it seriously, I feel. And he's also not a boxer boxer. He's a scrapper. You know what I mean? I think the yeah. MMA fight could be interesting. And I think I'm keen to see it because I'm interested in the sense of will Jake Paul train really hard to fight an MMA as a potential move into MMA? I don't know if that's truly going to be the case, but it's oh, just an absolutely. interesting spectacle. No, I think spectacle. he's absolutely trying to capture that MMA audience because, you know, he's mm. a, an entertainer. Um, you know, like I wouldn't fight him, but uh, his, his first thing is being an entertainer rather than a fighter. Yeah. So um, good on him for being able to make money. Good, And I hope Nate Diaz gets a good big fat paycheck. Well, if it's $10 million to fight in an MMA fight, like that's pretty, that's pretty good coin. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, how much would you um, be willing to fight Nate Diaz for? Fight Nate Diaz? Yeah. You um, you, and he's pl- he's taking it seriously. I'd need a lot. Yeah, yeah. How much? How much? Like a mil? Oh, maybe cash, a, it's a cash uh, in hand. It's cash, cash in, in hand. hand. I'd probably do it for a mil because what I'd do is I'd just, what if it's, I'd just what go if it's down. 50 grand? What if it's 50 grand? Cash oh, in hand. Nah, yeah. I'd, I'd still take 50. I reckon I could I reckon you'd be surprised I reckon you'd be surprised how low I'd probably go. <laughs>
All right, that's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yes, LA Day, the world's smallest defibrillator. And we'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. At Gradability, we believe that every graduate should have the skills and opportunity to pursue the career of their choice. But sometimes we need help to bridge that gap. And that's where the Gradability Accelerator Plus program, or GAP program, comes in. The GAP program is designed to supplement your learning with real-life experience at one of our almost 12,000 host employers, giving you the vital experience needed to kickstart your professional career. Visit gradability.com.au for more information.